Hello and welcome to the Luxury Lounge. That's right. Every Thursday we head into the lounge and we air our complaints. This is J Train Jared Freed coming live from Baltimore, Maryland. That's right. I'm on the road again. We're telling funnies on the road again. I'm coming to your town in the coming weeks. Check my website, jaredfree.com. Ooh, we're feeling good. On a, I'm taping this on a Friday, but this is a Thursday, baby. We're singing. And you guys are, fa- I want to thank you for being part of this show. Keep spreading the word. Keep telling your friends, your coworkers, your brothers, your sisters, your mamas, your papas. Go, go, go. Make it your Instagram story. The Luxury Lounge is newish. You know, we're, you guys are enjoying the show. I'm getting great feedback. But right now we're heading into a flow. We, we're figuring out this show and we're, you know, we're on the precipice of figure, of it being figured out. So I want you Share it. Let a friend know. So let someone know. Make it your Instagram story. The I'm putting up clips on my Instagram every episode, so make sure you tag, tag, tag. What an easy way to pay me for this fabulous programming. So tag a friend, tell a brother, a sister, a mama, a papa, and go to my website, jaredfree.com. And check out my dates. I'm coming all around the country. I think we added Buffalo, New York. So Buffalo, 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 we're coming. Um, Also, if you love the Luxury Lounge, you're going to love the Patreon version of it. I read every complaint. So every week, I go through the last week's complaint of all the Patreon subscribers. So every Wednesday, I do a Patreon version of the Luxury Lounge. It's just me. We dim the lights. Just you and Papa JT. So go to patreon.com slash Jared Freed. That's patreon.com slash Jared Freed. It's five bucks a month. And that's not the only podcast you get. You get three extra podcasts a week. There's Luxury Lounge. There's one more email on Fridays. That's an additional email that is a relationship type email. And then Sunday's Coffee with J Train. That's where I like kind of like read from the notebook notes I've taken throughout the week. It's a that that's my favorite podcast to do. I, t- I also do a lot of current events there. So patreon.com slash Jared Freed. The voice is still on the comeback trail. So bear with me while I come back. I want to introduce today's guest. It is his first time on the podcast. A hilarious comedian. He is also an author. He has a new book out called called Ira Spiro Before COVID. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Natterman. Thank you for coming on, Dan. Thank you, Jared. Good to be here for the first time, as you said, making my debut on the Luxury Lounge or any Jared podcast. I- I, I, I apologize it has taken this long because we've known each other a long time. We see each other at the Comedy Cellar all the time. Dan is hilarious. You should all go. You know, I, do, you're not a big Instagram guy. You're, you're more of a Facebook guy, as I know you as a social media person. Well, I, I like arguing on social media. And Instagram <laughs> is not about arguing. Instagram is about love, yeah. generally speaking. Not, not entirely, but generally speaking, Instagram is about love and titties. And, uh, <laughs> um, and, and, and Twitter is more about arguing. Mm-hmm. Facebook is, is also, there's a lot of arguing going on. So those it, are the ones that I... It is a hilarious admission that you love Facebook for the arguing. There are people who want to like take Facebook, bring it out to the town square and burn it. But you're saying, let, let me dance around the fire. I, I like to get into it now. Um, I've witnessed I, your comments. Yeah. You, because you're actually the perfect type to have a discussion on Facebook because you like to look at things from all angles and you won't just take the easy Route. Well, you may or may not know I'm a Libra, and that's sort of what we do. We, uh, we're Libra's the scales, so we say, sure. well, on this, on the one hand, this guy's got a point, but on the other hand, this guy's got a point. Um, so that's that's what we're famous for. I've it's never famous. thought of you that way, but that is exactly how you discuss things. That on one hand and the other, I've and you, you nowadays, do. Of course, nowadays it's hard to do that because nowadays everybody picks a team and they mm-hmm. and they root for their team. Uh, and they, they're very uh, loath to see that maybe there's another side to the argument, you know? So, so nowadays it's like, if I said one thing about like 
Trump that I thought, well, Trump, I generally don't like him, but on this particular point, I agree with him. Then everybody would say, you're a Trump guy, you're a right-wing lunatic, because they just assume that if you said one thing that you might have agreed, even if it's about the weather. Totally. Well, th- that's the thing about the the scales that you mentioned. Some people, their their whole game is making the other side of the scale evil so that that side can't even speak up. Yes. Yeah, so, and if, so, you, if you start at evil, then what are we going to do? And even if even if a side might be generally evil, they might say one thing that that you say. Well, I, I you know, I mean, uh, okay, let's analyze that point. But um, and you're a smart person. I mean, you are Ivy League educated. You were a lawyer before becoming a comedian, right? These this is all I was true a law, stuff. I was a law student. I never actually practiced law. Never practiced law. No, but I did study law. Yes. Did you you graduate law school? I did graduate law school, but you know that, I mean, I was always like in my back of my mind, like I want to be a comedian. And it was like, when you're not from a family where that's sort of a thing, uh, totally. it becomes difficult. You have to kind of like, it's hard to kind of go in that direction. So I used to tell a joke on stage when I first started, like becoming a comedian for me was like coming out of the closet a little bit. It like, is. It is. Because my parents, they're definitely not in the entertainment realm like they looked at me like i was crazy they're like where'd this even come from you know they're like you're not funny that was their first response my nephew recently said to me that he he might be interested in going that route and i and I, my first response was to look at him like he was crazy and then i remembered wait a minute i do that yeah. um, you know. <laughs> everyone's dreams are crazy when they're not yours right yeah i mean i remember my brother was sleeping on my couch while telling me he wanted to work in the nfl and I was like, you're out of your mind. And then he was on my couch for like legitimately five months. And there was a point where I had to say to him, I go, I'm trying to become a comedian. You're trying to like do whatever the fuck you're doing. I go, there are too many dreams in this apartment. We need to yeah. get rid of some of the dreams. There's too much delusion in here. I need you out of here. Right, that's a lot, of, and and in one family as well. One family, yeah. So listen, I so let's talk about the book. It's called Ira Spiro, before COVID. So this is, so do you write it going into COVID? Because I I think of you again as a Facebook argumenter and a comedian. So when COVID happened, were you like time to write the book? I've been thinking well, about. I started writing the book before COVID. Okay. But I even heard of COVID. And, and, and when COVID came along, because the book takes place in the present. Yes. It's about a, a comic and it takes place largely in the present, though there are flashbacks to the past. And I said to myself, well, COVID is such a huge thing. Like we know as comedians, when something is this big, you can't ignore mm-hmm. it. Or you go on stage, you know, uh, I mean, especially early in the pandemic, you had to address it because it's like too big a thing. Yeah. So analogously, I thought, well, I probably should address it in this book because the book takes place in the present how can i you know talk about the present and not mention COVID? so so what i did was when COVID came along i integrated it into the book and basically the book ends when COVID begins and and your the main character goes into COVID lockdown as the book is ending well let me read the description of the book for the people because i'm 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 sitting here in front of the and everyone should go to amazon and get it we're towards the end of the summer this is you've your you maybe your beach reads are all you're fresh out you're prepared for the summer with a bunch of books so this is a great addition i want to read it because it it does i mean it speaks to me ira spiro is a stand-up comic and screenwriter who, a short time after winning an Oscar for Best Original Screenplay for his hit romantic comedy, Jackson Taylor's Christmas Party, slides back into near obscurity as his anxieties and complexes overwhelm his ability to capitalize on his newfound fame. After a particularly disastrous stand-up performance leaves Ira wondering if he'll ever be able to get on stage again, he is unexpectedly presented with a lucrative contract to write a memoir. Working with a ghostwriter, Ira reflects on his life as he puts his traumatic childhood experiences and complicated personal relationships into prose. As the COVID-19 pandemic sends the world into lockdown, Ira comes to understand why he has unconsciously sabotaged his career and while he was at it, pushed away the love of his life. Now, you are a stand-up comedian. Is any of this from personal stuff? Where do you come up with this idea for well, the story? The, um, the idea of being a stand-up comedian comes from the fact that I'm a stand-up comedian, as you sure. mentioned. <laughs> um, the idea of being afraid of success uh, 
comes from people we know mm-hmm. that seem to sabotage their careers upon succeeding or upon you know ascending the the show business ladder mm-hmm. and it's a fairly common phenomenon um and the idea of the memoir comes from i was reading an article about memoirs and how memoirs can be therapeutic and mm-hmm. they can be like therapy you know because people explore their lives and they oftentimes it, it becomes a substitute for therapy and i thought well that's interesting and so i integrated that into the book so now ira is writing a memoir and and the memoir is like therapy for him and he kind of delves into his life and and the memoir that he's writing becomes like therapy and 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 helps him work through these problems that he has and the part about pushing away the love of his life is more is that's getting back to me a little bit more because i'm i never i mean i have uh, issues in that area in terms of you know i mean i i'm 50 plus and 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 have never been married and so so that's you know um uh, you know so so you could understand the anxieties this and i and and you know i'm not as anxious as ira is but um i certainly am an anxious person so so there's some you know 20 percent, 30 percent is based on me and then based on people that we know you know sure uh, in the business and based on you know kinds of things that i've other people that i know so 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 that's 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 what it is by the way you can get a free sample on um Kindle, if you have Kindle or the Kindle app, okay. you can get three or four chapters for f- absolutely free. No, no there money. We go. To- Ira Spiro before COVID. I want everyone, everyone, everyone. It's going to be in the description of this episode. We'll have a link to the Amazon link. Go, go, go. Get the book. Get involved. Get it on Kindle. You can get the first four chapters. Get it on paperback. Amazon. Go right now. Dan is hilarious. He's seen. He's been on Letterman a hundred times. He's fantastic and so funny. And I, I'm excited to be in the lounge with you. I feel like you, of all people, the Libra scale, can see all angles of someone's luxury issue. I'll try to live up to my uh, reputation of seeing all angles. <laughs> I love it. So see what we can do. I think it'll oh, be all right. We'll see what we can do. Ira Spiro before COVID. Jewish first name, Italian last name. Was well, there any Spiro, thought in no, that? Spiro, Spiro is a Jewish name, but it's 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 it, like Shapiro, but it's yes. Spiro. It's a similar derivation, but it is a Jewish okay. name. It seems Italian. And, you know, if an Italian guy picks up the book thinking it's about Italians, uh, well, I Good. guess that's not so bad. You know, yeah. I got a sale out of it, but but it's not. Um, it, it I just, yeah, I, I, I figured Spiro... Rather than Shapiro is more economical in terms of syllables. Uh, Ira Spiro of- seems like a great stage name. Like that would be like if, if Natty, I call you Natty Light. I love calling you Natty Light. Now, if you were to be the, the biggest comedian in America, would you, I guess you would go by, would, what would be your fake name at the cellar? Because we know a lot of people that do fake oh, names. Well, there's a difference between a stage name and, and an alias. That's, that, that's very true. You're right. I think mine would be Antoine Scarborough was named after a dear friend of mine from high school. Okay. I like that name too. Okay. So Antoine Scarborough here on the show. Dan Natterman. Let's go to the lounge. You ready? Let's answer some emails. Podcast at gmail.com. Title it Luxury Lounge. Give me a little bit of a hint of what we're talking about. So this one's called Luxury Lounge. Oh, actually, before that, we have our own complaints. I didn't even get to our... I have a complaint. Can you commiserate with me, Dan? I'd love, I'd love to. Misery loves company, as okay. we know. I'm staying at a hotel right now. I love a nice hotel. So I, I, for the weekend, I decided I'm going to go up a level. You know, I said, I'm in Baltimore. Give me the buyout, so to speak. So they say, instead of the club booking you a hotel, they give you an extra cash, and you can do with it what you make. Go to the marketplace, so to speak. So I headed to the marketplace and I get this nicer hotel. I'm going to put a little extra shekels into it to be more comfortable. At a nice hotel, I'm here. They have the communal body lotion, soap, bath, uh, body wash, and conditioner. Not the individual, not the one that you get to maybe take home as a goodie bag after. They have the big tub of each with the big dispenser on the top of the tub. And to me, why would a nice hotel have that? 
Like I, if I'm staying at a hotel, I want to be able to, to try all their wares and bring it home with me afterwards. I want to be able to use as much as I want from the individual. I want to be able to know that no one else has touched these tubs. Wouldn't you agree? I, I would agree, and I, it's not something I probably would have thought about had I come to the hotel. And like when I go to the gym, yeah. you know, have the, it's communal, right? You, have, you go into the shower, and there's like the shampoo and, yes. the, and the facial scrub and the body lotion. Um, and it never occurred to me that this is disgusting. Well, uh, this is only the gym makes sense. Yeah. To me, and, and, a, and, and a cheap. different, but I understand that. But. But it, it would probably not have occurred to me what you're saying, but now upon reflection, yes, I think you are correct. I would understand, at least at a cheap hotel, you have made the, you have made the decision to be cheap. So things can be cheap in the room. If they have the big tub when you walk in, a Gatorade you know, container full of shampoo, I would go, okay, I, I'm staying at a cheap hotel. Of course this would be here. Of course, I wouldn't have any lotion to take with me, you know, but here it's almost like what's going on? Why is this the place that we decided to take, you know, like a, a, a cut and then I'm in the bathroom and I have a card that I'm holding right now and it says um, we are proud to collaborate with esteemed perfumery and apothecary Min New York on a custom amenity line exclusively for our guests. Bottles and gift sets are available for purchase through guest services. Kindly note that in-room bottles that are removed from the guest rooms will be charged directly to your guest account. So they are basically saying, take the tub. How much do you think the shampoo that is in the shower waiting for you, that has been used by other people, would cost me. If you took it home? Does it, yeah. does it say on the card? I, got, I have, the, I have the, the menu right in front of me. It tells you I'll, how I'll much. They, 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 they charge you $15. $30. You are 15 That would I would still scoff. Mm-hmm. $30. So all of this... So now, instead, because they give you the little bottles at the hotels because they're supposed to go, you're supposed to go, oh, I do like that. Let me go find that shampoo now that I've had it. They're basically saying, don't go find it. Buy it from us at an upcharge. That is almost ridiculous. $40. For the body lotion, it's $40. Can you imagine your right mind spending $40 on, on the lotion? And all of this is so one per, like one person will take the body lotion for $40. One idiot. So now we all have to pay because that's why they won't give us the individual body lotions. They're, they're waiting for one idiot. They're trying to sell to one asshole. Interesting. This makes it, does this make yeah, sense you know, too? I, I haven't known, by the way, I, I never <laughs> know in cheap hotels, they always have, even in the cheap, even you go to Red Roof Inn, they'll have individual bottles. That's what I'm saying. So no, I don't there, What's that? You don't think there it makes sense to me that it would have the big jugs. It should be switched. The only reason they're doing it at the expensive place is because they expect people who spend money to spend even more money. This is all an opportunity to get people to buy the forty dollars. You know, you know, in nicer hotels are less likely to have free Wi Fi as well. You go to the Red Ravine, you're getting free Wi Fi, but you go to a nice hotel, they're gonna more likely to charge you for the Wi Fi. I think it's the same principle. And it's the same principle of like, let's take advantage of people who will spend money. They will spend more money. Yes, I think that's the idea. Dan, do you have a complaint? You said you had one before we started. I do have a complaint. It's a New York-based complaint. Um, I'll I'll set the same. In New York City, we have, for those of you who don't live in New York City, which I guess is most of your listeners, we have a bike share program. You can, it's called City Bike. And you can, Mm -hmm. you know, you get a membership and you take the bikes out of the rack and you, you can ride them around town and put them in another rack somewhere else in town. So they also have electric bikes called the e-bike. Now, the, some rack, do all the racks have equal amount e-bike? That's what I want to get to. You can't okay, find an e-bike when you need one. When I want, e-bikes are wonderful, I have to say. I mean, I have no complaints with the e-bike itself when they're working, when they're charged. But you try to find an e-bike... You, you know, I want to go to, down to the comedy cellar. Oftentimes, I'll take an e-bike if I can find one. 
which exactly. is never. I go to the, there's a rack right in front of my apartment. There might be three e-bikes. None of them are charged. I go to the other rack a block away. No e-bikes. See, this is ridiculous to me because why wouldn't they all be e-bikes? I've been on a city bike that was not an e-bike and it's a much heavier bike. It's a much harder bike than any other bike that I've ever ridden. Some people, there's two reasons. A, there's a surcharge for the e-bike. Happy to pay it. Okay. Because it's a wonderful experience. B, some people like the exercise. The e-bike is not really exercise. If you want to get an exercise in, you take the regular uh, city bike. But if I need to now, go a longer distance, I want the e-bike. How long are you going on the e-bike? How many miles? Are you going miles? Yes. I mean, if I go from my apartment on the Upper East Side to the Comedy Cell, it's probably about four miles. About how long does that take you in the e-bike? Is it that about half fast? Hour, about okay. half hour. Are you pedaling at all? You pedal. Now, what it is is it's you pedal and then it gives you a boost. Once you start pedaling, you get that e-boost. Mm. And um, you can go probably, it's about twice as fast with very little effort. You go up a hill, it kicks in even more. So it's like it's 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 like almost a moped, except it's a bicycle. So So it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. But the issue is, and again, this is a complaint with the city, is like they're not. Availabilities of the damn Availability. Yeah, and, and, sometimes, and sometimes you're walking toward a bike and you see off in the distance, like a mirage in the desert, you see an e-bike. And then you notice out of the corner of your eye, you notice somebody else walking in your direction. And you're saying, is this guy try going for the e-bike? And you walk a little bit faster and you're looking over at him and he's walking a little yeah. bit faster. And you want to kill the guy. Yeah, now, you turn into a murderous person. You turn into yes. a murderer because of the city. <laughs> yes, the city, this you is know. what it turns us into. We it are fighting us. for the scraps. Yes. For and the, and the elites. The, and, then the bike, and then you get there and the bike is not charged anyway, so it doesn't matter. But but um, I here's the real to, issue. Go ahead. The real issue is you plan your day for the e-bike. Like... When you're traveling somewhere in your head, you are heading towards a goal and you allot time to get to that goal. So you're saying, I want to get to the comedy cellar at night. I need half hour to get there if I'm taking an e-bike. You get there, no e-bike, now you're scrambling. So you have to, you actually are, so now because the e-bike is not readily available, so anytime you take an e-bike, you have to have like an extra half hour to I search fact, for one. I factor in, you know, I factor it in. So if I'm going to the comedy cellar, I, I, well, first of all, you can go on your phone and see where the e-bikes are ahead of time. But then when you get there, there might be, it might not no longer be there, or there might be one that is there. But I, 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 I factor in what you're saying and I say, well, I'll, I'll check a couple of e-bike stations. And if there's no e-bikes, I'll take the subway, which is roughly the same amount of time anyway. So, but, but I do. This is the problem: it. the factoring in. You're factoring in more time than you should be having to factor in if there was a plentiful Spe amount yes. of e-bikes. Yeah, but that's you're, not my main complaint because the sure. time might be another ten. My main complaint is I want that damn e-bike. I look forward to the e-bike. Mm -hmm. um, it's a night. I enjoy the experience of the e-bike. Absolutely, it got Listen. me addicted to the e-bike, and now they're there's they're making it unavailable to me. Would you ever invest in your own e-bike? Keep it at the apartment. Um, never have this issue problem again. With the problem, well, the problem with that is, and the reason that the e-bikes, the city bikes, are so good is, what if I go down to the comedy cellar on an e my, on my e-bike mm -hmm. I bought and it's in my apartment, and then on the way back I don't want to take it back. Maybe it's raining. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, Maybe I'm tired. I don't want to take a bike. If you're dead tired it's it's and it's nighttime, it's not the safest thing in the world to take an e-bike. So uh, the city e-bike, I once once I go down there, I put it in the e-bike rack. I don't have to take an e-bike back. The perk, I, so it, it's like, it's like uh, you know, it's like going on someone else's boat. Maybe I meet a young lady and I, what am I going to do? Take her, have, put her on the back of the e-bike? I want to yeah. get a taxi before she changes her mind. Absolutely. So listen, I, I totally agree. Everyone, all the New Yorkers are nodding in agreement. Let's get to the emails. You ready, Natty? Okay. And I hope the non-New Yorkers can appreciate that 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 terrible uh, dilemma. But um, I, I think they can because I think also other cities have these bike share programs. And just the idea of like you had your mind set 
on an experience. You had the wind in your hair. You're going down the, you know, the highway. You're, you're on the, on the, the bike lane. You're passing people by. You got a big bat, you know, a baguette in the front, you know, case of the, of, of the bike. And it's been taken from you. That is the real problem. That's that, that everybody can relate to that kind of disappointment. The J Train Podcast is brought to you by Lucy Nicotine Gum. I, 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 I'm not a cigarette smoker. I've never had to deal with getting off of cigarettes, but I will say any addiction, you know, I, for me, I'm a late night eater. Getting off of that is difficult. If there was a gum I could chew that could help me do that, I'd be chewing that gum every night. And if you're someone that's smoking cigarettes and trying to get away from them, Lucy Nicotine Gum is an opportunity. Lucy was founded by Caltech scientists, former smokers who wanted to help other people quit. They set out to create a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. It took three years of research and experimenting, and they made Lucy, a nicotine gum that actually tastes good. Comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. Oh, they and I have them all, and I've my friend, he's trying to get off his cigarettes, and I just give them to him. He loves the wintergreen. He says it tastes better than anything he's ever had. So each has four milligrams of nicotine. Don't like the gum? Check out their cherry ice lozenge. See, they're trying everything to get you in the best you know, uh, position to win. When you're craving a smoke, you just need a little something to satisfy the habit. So get Lucy so you're prepared. Subscribe to monthly delivery so you'll always be ready. They're supporting this show, so go support them. Get 20, 20, 20% off all products, including gum or lozenges, at lucy.co with code JTRAIN. That's 20% off at lucy.co and use promo code JTRAIN at checkout. And here's the part the lawyers make me say. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco, nicotine is an addictive chemical no duh so get 20 percent off at lucy.co with code jtrain the jtrain podcast is brought to you by best fiends you know my motto is beach by noon but if you want to feel like you're at the beach all the time play best fiends it'll cool off your brain just like a tall glass of lemonade i love this game fun 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 it's great to put your brain on the shelf Pick up Best Fiends, take a break from, you know, whatever stresses you got going on, and this lets you play with fun cartoon characters, and, you know, I'm on, I, I, I'm on level 75, like I'm moving along in this game. Best Fiends is a casual puzzle game that's beautifully designed and makes your brain feel good. Once you start playing, you will not want to stop, I'm obsessed, I told you, level 75, like I, I, I play a lot. Best Fiends is way more fun than other matching puzzle games out there. It makes 30 minutes feel like 30 seconds. Totally free to download. With thousands of puzzles to solve, there's something new every day. I'm, I, I talk, it's, it's bright, colorful, has cute characters, it's got a whole world. It's, it's really just, uh, you know, it really feels good to just take a break from whatever you're doing and just put on Best Fiends and then come back to, you know, you feel refreshed. You collect tons of cute little characters that you use to beat the bad guys in each levels, and Best Fiends is always releasing new challenges, characters, and themes all the time, so it never gets old. Download the five-star rated puzzle game, Best Fiends, today for free on the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Podcast at gmail.com, Podcast at gmail.com, Luxury Lounge, title it Luxury Lounge, give me new targeted ad content. Jared, I'll get right to it. I'm pretty justifiably upset about many things, but this week I'm mostly upset about the content of my targeted advertisements. I spent several weeks browsing the internet for new bedding. I was weighing my options of either purchasing a new comforter set or starting a new adventure with a duvet. Um, let me remind people, Brooklinen is a sponsor of this show, and I have promo codes for these things. I ended up making my choice, and I went with the duvet about two weeks ago. I already made online purchases of the duvet cover, duvet insert, new sheet set, new pillows, and even tennis balls to fluff up the insert, something I wouldn't have known to do without reading 500 Amazon reviews. I mean, I'm learning that myself right now. Somehow, I'm still receiving targeted ads for new bedding. I feel like if the internet algorithms can do their thing to realize I'm on the hunt for a luxurious sleep experience and send me ads for new bedding every five posts on every single social media platform and web browser, then they can absolutely know that I've already made purchases and find me new things to obsess over. It's been a full week since I've received my bedding. I've moved on. 
But now I feel like I have to go down another manic search frenzy to see new sponsored content. Thanks for listening to my complaint, big fan of the pod. Actually, I'm a big fan of yours in general. Drug the group chat with me to your last show in Portland, and I'll do the same when you finally make it back. Thank you very much. Mr. Natterman, what do you think of this complaint? Um, I th- Well, it's, it's, I, it's interesting. You know, I... I, I um I don't necessarily relate to it, um, okay. <laughs> but but I understand. But these algorithms are imperfect. That's well, for sure. the, you know what's interesting? The interesting part about this email is that we have given in to the algorithm. We we started with being afraid of an algorithm. Now this is someone who is asking the god, the algorithm gods, to adjust a little bit. To give me better algorithms. Right. A lot of people are finding creepy that the algorithms know so much about them. Yes. And now then, it's not creepy anymore. This guy what? want right, this guy wants the algorithm to read to, to, to know more about him and to yes, know it's, what else he might be interested in. I love the fact that it's like, you know, if the algorithm could be compared to someone looking through your bedroom window, this is instead of going, get the hell out of here, you're going. No, look through that window. Like change windows. You know, can you look differently? You know, we are we have accepted our fate. I I call it the algorithm gods because it feels like, you know, people put things online, look at people on TikTok. They're just hashtag everything just praying that the algorithm swoops it into its um into its current to make it a viral hit. And I would say to this person Go ahead, Dan. Enterman. I used to like be weirded out when they they everybody knew my credit card number. Just says click here, and your number's already in the system. And now I now I like I just like the ease the ease. Yes, it, it, it is so. How quickly we forget our anxieties and enter into new anxieties. I would say I agree with this person. This is a horrible issue because you've made the purchase already. Here's the worst part: what if you start getting ads for your the product you got but cheaper what if you get ads for the product you got but better now you're sitting here in a land of regret and solitude because of these algorithms they should move on if amazon has the ability to do customers who bought this usually want to look at this so should the algorithms the algorithms should move from betting to living room furnishing. It should be adjacent to what you've bought. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's this psychologically speaking, you know, they, they could find they could know even more about you. If you're into certain types of bedding, you might be into certain vacation spots like they, they could probably really uh, psychoanalyze you and come up with completely unrelated products that yet you but you'd be interested in those unrelated products because they every because generally speaking somebody that's interested in this might also be interested in this I totally agree and for the algorithm it's almost like we we're, like we're I'm saddened like the emailer by the lack of like we're almost like disappointed in the algorithm we thought you were better than this J train podcast at gmail.com J train podcast at gmail.com here with Dan Natterman Ira Spiro before COVID that's the book go on Amazon right now purchase the book you can get it on Kindle anywhere you get books Ira Spiro before COVID go, you know search Dan Natterman it's all there Dan is fantastic and hilarious luxury lounge gin and tonic you ready are you, you you're not a drinker um, I, I I drink if I do drink I'll drink one drink um, and that's usually it because uh, I start to get nauseous after two drinks. What's your go-to drink? Well, um, I I like a vodka, say a vodka, maybe a, like a flavored vodka, like a blueberry vodka on the rocks. I'm doing that myself. That's a very I I picked that up during the pandemic for my mom. She's a she's like a she'll have like an orange vodka with an orange twist on the mm-hmm. rocks, and I got into that big time. It slows me down too. Yeah, that you know, uh, or or a cabernet, maybe a, a glass of red, but usually the the vodka. 
This person's writing about gin and tonic. I'm not a gin fan, but okay. Huge fan of the show and you up, Patreon member, and just truly appreciate the awareness you bring to the world. Oh, thank you. Feathers forever. My luxury lounge issues surrounding drink orders at bars. I'd like to dis- I'd like to disclaimer this by saying I know the service industry has had a very tough couple of years and for the majority works very hard. But, okay, here we go. Uh, trigger warning to the people who are in the service industry. I'm a gin drinker. Gin is my liquor of choice. Years ago, I used to drink gin and tonics, but in the last few years, I've made the late 20s switch to gin and soda. I tell people it's because tonic is too sweet, but we all know it's because there's no calories in soda and 1 million calories in tonic, and I need to cut them wherever I can. Totally understand. In the last few months, when I order my gin and soda at a bar restaurant, there has been a shocking increase of the server bringing back a gin and tonic, like three times in three different bars in the same night. Not to be dramatic, but it is the worst when you go to take the first sip of a refreshing and light gin and soda and are met with a sickeningly sweet, high-calorie taste of a gin and tonic. At first, I just drank it because I didn't want to be the Karen that sends the drink back, but lately, I've been sending them back because it's truly not what I want. And I'm paying for it. I still feel conflicted about it, but I but I'm more and more confident every time. Thanks for all you do, Dan Adaman. What do you think of this issue? Well, I think when life gives you tonic, make tonic aid. I don't know. I'm trying to. <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense. No, I I think if you get a gin and tonic, you can use this to your advantage. Take a sip of it and go like, I'm so I'm 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 allergic to gin and tonic. I I you know I got to take a sh- and then they'll give you the gin and soda for free. Interesting. You, if you take a sip of the gin and tonic, you start going, oh my God, I ordered the gin and, and, and soda. You gave me gin and tonic. Then you go to the back, pretend to throw up, come yes. back and say, and they'll say, I am so sorry. Mm. Here's your gin and soda. Please, your money is no good here. You know, um, I, I'm with I'm with you 100%, Dan. You have to send it back. You have to make a display. This email is about gin and tonic, but it's about so much more. I Like when I hear this email, she references, I don't want to be a Karen. These Karen videos have made, or the Karen videos of crazy people going crazy has now made us all afraid to have normal, respectful rebuffs. It is okay to say you have gotten my drink wrong, but because everyone is waiting like a, a like like they're in a duel in the West with their phone on their holster to just tape you. We're all living in fear of having the things that we truly want and deserve. Doesn't that isn't that a scary thing to you? That the and and again, there are more Lisas than Karens. There's there's like you know, we've seen the Karens on videos. That's not everybody. But now any complaint is like, oh, this Karen. This Karen got her drink wrong. She deserves to have the right drink. Especially when, when uh, by the sound of this letter, you, 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 uh, th- this, this, this listener is to tonic what I am, the blue cheese. It is, mm. a, it is a no-go item. Yes. The way this woman is describing tonic, or man, is this a, a female? It's a, it's a female listener. Uh, the way she is describing tonic is, is, is with utter horror and disgust. Well, well, she actually describes it and say she's, she's she not. This, sweet high calorie. Well, this is, this, is a, this is the second part of the real problem here is as someone, I am always trying to find ways to cut calories. So I'm often having the lesser version of the thing I really want. She, if in a perfect world, she says it's very sweet. So maybe she's got no, she doesn't like gin and tonic anymore because of the sweetness. But she mentions the calories. Mm-hmm. She, I think, in a perfect world where calories were non-existent, she'd be ordering a gin and tonic. Oh, so okay. now they're bringing her the gin and tonic. The thing she actually wants, she now has to wrestle with the idea of like, I'll just keep it. Ah, uh, you know, because if you didn't know that the better thing existed, you wouldn't want the better thing. You wouldn't be tempted by the better thing. So like when I get like like if I get like a burger with no fries, because I'm gonna try and stay healthier, and then there's one fry in the bag. 
maybe I'll get some more fries. Or, or if they give me the fries by accident, uh, and then I go, ah, shit, they're sitting right in front of me. I'm eating the fries. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I, I, I didn't interpret it that way. It sounded to me like she hates tonic, but maybe I... Uh, because she described it as sickeningly sweet, but um, she, you, you know, but you're right. She did it. I mean, it, she goes back and forth because she did write. I used to drink gin and tonics, but in yeah. the last few years, I made the late twenties decision to switch to gin and soda. I tell people because it's too sweet, but we all know it's because there's no calories in soda and right. one million calories in tonic, and I need to cut them wherever I can. I this is something that speaks to my heart. Yeah, yeah, I think she's wrestling with something. Uh, you know, uh, she's trying to convince herself that. The tonic is is disgusting, but it's 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 a calorie issue ultimately. Absolutely. And so what they're doing when they bring the wrong drink, they are now, you know, it is, it is easy to make the decision to be healthy. It is hard to go through the day when people are just, you know, coming at you with the unhealthy stuff. You have to keep warding it away. When you live in a world like I, I remember one summer I got in like incredible shape, and it was because I was in a very specific scenario. I was working at a summer camp. There was fixed meals. There was really no chance for indecision. These people, the bar industry, are bringing indecision right to her front door. It's like you know when I order, I, I'll frequently order nowadays. I order, please no bread. Don't bring me bread. Sure, they do bring me bread. I, I, I probably won't send it back. I'll probably. And- I'll probably say it was meant to be. I'm eating this bread, and 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 I'll use it as my kind of bread sheet. But um, it was meant to be. I do that all the time. This is how God wanted me to eat today, and now I'm unhealthy. <laughs> J Train Podcast at Gmail dot com. J Train Podcast at Gmail dot com. Here with Dan Natterman, Spear Ira Spiro before COVID, Amazon. Uh, barnesandnobles.com anywhere you get books go 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 it's in the description of this episode okay go 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 this one's called luxury lounge united club isn't a club jared with travel starting to open up again and people hitting up the airports in droves, I've come across an issue that's only right to vent about on the luxury lounge. I'm just going to say it. The secret is out. The United Club isn't a club anymore. I recently traveled through Houston Airport on a connection and had a spare hour to kill. I thought, great, I fi- I'll finally use my United Club membership and have a comfy chair, some good food, and time to relax before getting squeezed into the flying bus again for three hours. Nope. Apparently, everyone in Houston has a United Club membership, which begs the question, how is this a club if it's more crowded in the club than it is in the terminal? Where are the rules? There's got to be a limit, right? There was no food. Everyone was lined up in the coffee line, nowhere to sit, and kids running around like it was a Ronald McDonald playhouse on the side of an interstate highway. This, of course, is a literal luxury lounge complaint because I'm thinking the United Club should be officially downgraded to just another crummy cafeteria lounge. I want a refund. Thanks. Listen, what do we think? Well, um, I mean, there's two issues. There's number the number one issue is is that this luxury, this lounge, the United Lounge, is it sounds like uh, it, it's um, no better than sitting at the gate or sitting in the food court. And then yeah. the second issue is just the 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 psychic turmoil that you're nothing special totally. because everybody is in this place. You know, you're not. You you want to feel like you're somewhere prestigious, and you're Absolutely. not. Absolutely. I um, am a Delta flyer. Natterman, what is, what is your generally line of tr- either JetBlue or American? Uh, okay. And if I absolutely, um, my first priority is to go nonstop. So I check JetBlue, I check American. If no nonstops are available on either airline, I might go Delta. So uh, you're not married to an airline because I am married to Delta. I am committed. It's the most committed relationship I, li- I, I have no, right now. Because I can usually get nonstops either with American or JetBlue. Mm-hmm. In the event I cannot, I might go to Delta. Delta's a fine airline. I have nothing against it. But I'm not going to go to Southwest necessarily or Frontier. Well, I did do Frontier once and I will not be doing it again. Okay. They're the only airline that had a nonstop from Vegas to Columbus. So a I, weird, I mean, that is a weird route. It is a weird route. So, but I said, well, I like nonstop, so I'll do that, yeah. but I won't be doing it again. See, I the, the major issue here is I am someone who believes in status and exclusivity. And you need that 
to somehow entice people to keep with your airlines. Like, to me, if I was in the Delta Sky Lounge and there was nowhere to sit, I'm rethinking my Delta marriage. This person is married to United. They have made a decision, and it seems as though their significant other has gotten fat. You know, it, this is the equivalent of you have let yourself go and you don't take care of yourself in this marriage anymore. Delta, if they started to not take care of themselves, I want to go elsewhere. The problem is you're stuck. You've had a couple kids together. I've got all these miles with you. So it is almost you've been betrayed by your airline because this guy has made a commitment and now they're betraying that commitment by just letting the lounge get fat and for everyone to just run around and for them to, you know, uh, you know, lines and no seats. Yeah, I Wouldn't think that. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and, and they know they have you and, and they take you for granted. And it's like, who do you even call? It's not even like you can call the hotline and go the Houston, you know, they're not going to fix the lounge. Like that's the, you know, that, that is, seven people away from getting fixed. Maybe this podcast will help. Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. Here with Dan Natterman. At Dan Natterman on Instagram. Is that your Instagram? At Dan Natterman? At Dan Natterman. Be it Insta, be it Twitter, be it Facebook. At Dan Natterman. Go, go, go. And the book, Iris Spiro. Go, go, go. Before covid Let's do let's do a couple more. We got time here. Okay. I like this title. Um Luxury Lounge. Help. I'm being offered too much money. Isn't that that I mean, what is a more luxury complaint than that? Jared, huge fan of all your podcasts, your stand-up. I recently saw you at a club near me and you were fantastic. Thank you so much. Here's my luxury issue. I'm a senior in grad school right uh right now with plans to graduate in May as a nurse. Anesthetist? Anesthetist. Anesthetist. Thank you. I am very fortunate that this field has very high starting salaries. 200K minimum in my area. Holy shit. Did you hear that? Yeah. 200K starting for a nurse anesthetist. This is amazing. How do we say it? I think she's trying to say anesthetist, but it may be an anesthesiologist. No, 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 no. It's anesthetist because I've never seen this word before and you're nailing it. This is how I know you're a smart guy. Salary, I mean, that, that high for anything, but um, but uh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's a, that's- I just started looking for jobs and I'm interested in working at the hospital I used to work at in my previous career. However, I have not looked around anywhere else yet, so I don't really know what else is out there. Currently, my old hospital is offering insane sign-on bonuses, up to 90K. This is insane, but only until the end of this month. I feel extremely overwhelmed with making such a big decision so early, but I have so many student loans, so I'm tempted to take the money and run. But am I rushing into this decision too fast? Is there something sketchy about a place offering such a ridiculous amount of money up front? I don't want to get to sign a contract and regret it in six months. Thanks for your input and the constant laughs during my 5 a.m. commute to the hospital. Stressed out future CRNA. So what do you think, Dan Adamant? What should she do? Well, I remember I saw the movie The Firm many years ago mm. and offered the uh, the and then there was a, the the Devil's Advocate was another movie where they offer a guy a lot of money. Yeah, and then it turns out uh, you know you're working for the devil. Uh, of course, that's a movie, so I don't know that that's the case here. But I think it is a metaphor for life. If something's too good to be true, it may well be too good to be true. On the other hand, is it too good to be true? You've worked hard. You've put in. I don't know what it takes to be a nurse anesthetist. I know what it takes to pronounce it. And it's not so easy. <laughs> but I don't know what it takes to be one. And it may well be that that's the right amount of money given the training, the investment, the time that you put in. Also, we're in an era of, in the COVID era, maybe they're trying to, be, maybe it's like all COVID people in that hospital. It, it, it's dangerous, you know. Here, here, here's the thing. It, it is very interesting this comes up right now, okay? Because I was in an Uber last night. This guy, the Uber driver, he is a teacher, and he, he told me he teaches third grade. And he said that he's just moved to the area. And I'm like, great, good for you. He goes, they're offering 
crazy money to teachers right now. She, it was a very similar complaint. And he said he got a bonus of, they were offering bonuses. I didn't even know teachers got bonuses. Like no, I, I didn't know. Teacher getting a bonus before. Never. So I guess there's such a lack of teachers that they are now poaching teachers. He said he was in another state before. He got offered to move with a 10K bonus if he signed like a three-year contract. And I said, that is insane. I didn't realize teachers were being, you know, offered that type of money, but also that type of incentive. And he goes, he said he didn't take it. He only took you know, the 3K bonus because that only signed him up for a year. And I go, that makes sense. This is all economics at this point. They offer you less, they give you a bonus to get you over, but you have a short, it's a smaller bonus because it's a shorter term contract. So I would assume that even though the money's different, they have a lack of nurses out there. I'm, I'm assuming there's a lack of people in the industry. Yes. So it's a supply and demand issue. So, but I would look into the one thing I would say, and this teacher is a good example because the teacher said to me, he goes, I don't know if I want to be here for the next three years. I do. I can do a year and see from there. I would look at these, that your old hospital and see what the terms are. How many years does this lock you in then? And if it's, and if it's, I think being mobile is worth a lot of money, not 90 K 90K bonus, that might pay off your whole student loan. If that pays off your whole student loan, what will life be like three years from now, debt free? Like, I, that's the ter- you have to think of it in terms of time and money, don't you think? Yes, and, but I would, I would also say, with regard to student loans, it sounds like she's in a very good position, whether she takes the 90K bonus or she doesn't. This totally. is woman with great skills. Uh, the, the, the job of nurse anesthesia, it's not like being in a field that could collapse. This is, no, this yeah, is the, always gonna be there. You're always gonna work. You're always gonna make good money. I don't know that you need to panic about your student loans, even though it'd be very tempting to get out, out from under the debt. I can understand sh- that. But I think that no matter what you do, things are gonna be okay. Totally agree. I would all, you know, th- here's what I would do if I were them. Interview some people that are working at the hospital. Find them on LinkedIn. Go find people who work at the hospital and go, tell me about the culture here. Don't mention the money though. You can't mention the money because then they'll, you know, they, you, it just clouds the whole thing. Just say, hey, what's, what's the deal at this hospital? You like it? Are you enjoying it? How's the culture? How's the culture is a good question because it's open-ended. The J Train Podcast is brought to you by Brooklinen. It's summer, hot nights. It can be hard to fall asleep. Get Brooklinen sheets. They're crisp and breathe well to keep you cool all night long. Brooklinen was started to create beautiful, high-quality home essentials that don't cost an arm and a leg. I love Brooklinen. I, and I, here's the thing. I, 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 I'm pretty easygoing. I'm pretty easy to please. I knew Brooklinen was an amazing company the minute my mom started asking about it. My mom loves her sheets, loves talking about it, wants more, and to know it's mom approved that no, you know, that's that's a, that's something. That's a big deal. And you know what Brooklinen is giving you a mom approved item without the markups that stores store-bought sheets will get you because they work directly with manufacturers to give you a fair price. No middlemen, no markups. Get their amazing array of products at a reasonable price. Brooklinen has something for your every comfort need. Ideal for a seasonal refresh because they're launching new products, colors, and patterns all the time. I'm talking buttery, soft, and breathable sheets, plush and absorbent towels, cozy robes, comfy loungewear you'll want to put on and never take off. The towels are fantastic. They're so confident in their products that they come with a 365-day warranty. And fans are confident, too. There's a reason Brooklinen has over 75,000 five-star reviews and counting. And their customer service, clearly they get their eight hours every night because they're a dream to work with if you ever have an issue. So give yourself the comfort refresh you deserve and get it for less at Brooklinen. Go to brooklinen.com, use promo code JTRAIN20 to get $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Enter promo code J train 20 for $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's brooklinen.com, promo code J train 20. J train podcast at gmail.com, J train podcast at 
gmail.com. Here with Dan Natterman. The book, go get it right now. Ira Spiro, Before COVID. You're going to love it. Dan is hilarious. I love Dan Natterman. Here, let's do, we got, let's do one more. Is that okay, Dan? Yeah, this is very uh, enjoyable podcast, by the way, Jared. It fills Thank a you. Because not only, I mean, not only is it entertaining, but it fills a need. I think we're really helping these people. Whether it's think- shampoo or, or, um, or uh, career choices. Here's the thing about this podcast. It's about commiseration. We don't know what we're talking about, but there's so few chances to just let yourself complain about the small things in life. Like, look at this title for this next one. Luxury Lounge. Another horse girl with a fancy dog. Jared, many, I mean, anyone with a horse has no problems at all. They're the most unrelatable person in the world, right? Well, you could, you could, you, you could bring up Christopher Reeve as a counterpoint. Sure. There's <laughs> that Libra scale. <laughs> as a general matter, if you have a horse, things are probably okay. Jared, many feathers. Love the pod. I've been listening for years. I thought about writing in many times, but with the latest Luxury Lounge episode about too many horses, I just couldn't resist any longer. As a horse trainer and in my mid-30s, I could relate to the last listener about having a dream job that's still a job and can't be complained about. However... My luxury lounge issue is concerning the fancy dog that I bought to guard our farm. We live on a 20-acre farm or equestrian estate since we are in the lounge. That is hilarious. Have you ever heard that? Uh, no, I, I haven't. Equestrian estate. I'm not, in, I'm, not, I'm not, you know, in that world. Yeah, me neither. I'm he is horse, in I summer camp I horseback rode one time and I decided it wasn't for me. He is an uncommon giant breed, and he was expensive to purchase. I also spent a large chunk of money sending him to a very good professional dog trainer. He is a beautiful dog who does a great job at keeping the riffraff away from our horses. I, I'm wondering what the riffraff is. What what approaches a horse? Is it people? Is it other animals? Deer? Is it what's the dog's job? Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's just a lot of like a lot of vagabonds walking around in that in, in any part of the country where there's. An equestrian the, estate. Yeah, you know, it's not like there's like some some wino. <laughs> Got a bunch of winos hanging around the farm. Country, but maybe so. The, the problem is that I can't take my dog for a walk off the property. First, he attracts a lot of attention. We can't pass by a neighbor without them wanting to pet the dog and ask me questions about him. I know I'm a jerk, but I just want to go for a walk and listen to my J-Train podcast and my earbuds without having to stop every five minutes to answer the same questions about my dog. It's so bad that sometimes people stop their cars to talk about him. That's crazy. Second, a little bit more seriously, some of my neighbors are pretty pretty redneck. Oh, here are the winos. Oh, and they allow the uh, the winos, yeah. And they allow their mongrel dogs to wander around the neighborhood. If we were be, uh, to be approached by one of these dogs, it would be a disaster. As my dog is very protective and close to 150 pounds. It doesn't seem fair that I have such a wonderful dog and can't enjoy his company on a relaxing stroll because other people are busybodies and or haven't taken the steps to properly train their own dog. Signed, 20 acres gets small fast. Wow, Dan Adderman, what do you think of this issue? Well, I guess it's analogous to being... To being- <laughs> You know, you uh, you can't walk around. This dog is like a celebrity. This the dog, dog is the Brad Pitt of dogs. It can't leave the house. Can't leave the house because all this everybody is you know wants to go up to him and talk to him and bother him. Um, and everyone doesn't. You know, when they when people approach a celebrity, they do the same thing every time. They go, "I never do this." And it's like with a dog, you don't even get that type of admission. With a dog, people think they're complimenting you. Oh my God, I love. Let me see this dog. Whatever. So there's never, I would say, right? They have more, no. They might, like people that go out to Brad Pitt know they might possibly be bothering Brad Pitt. Totally. There is no sense of being a bother when it comes to a dog because you're kind of complimenting their your their your family in some way. Yes, that's an interesting point. Um, you know, I don't know what, what the solution would be. I mean, maybe you could put a, a sign on the dog that says, you know, seeing eye dog, do not pet. Yeah, or you wear a sandwich board. You know? Yeah, you wear a sandwich board. 
have the front of the board, you know, every walk. Yeah, just the breed is this. The dog, you know, his name is this. Please, no more questions. Maybe someone like that. I hand out a card, you know. Here's the card to answer all your questions. Breed, age, weight. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. And this sound, this might sound tone deaf, but I, I, we need a solution. You act like you're blind. It's your seeing eye dog. I just said that. Oh, you did? I, 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 you cut out. Did you really say that? I said pretend you're, yeah, I said. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Eye dog, do not pet. Oh, this is that's a great idea. I'm sorry. I, I, you, the sound cut out when you said that. I didn't hear you. No, I problem. think that's a that's a great idea. I think that's the the only maneuver. And it, but the problem is they're in a neighbor. The problem is they're in a rural area, so everyone kind of knows each other. So it's like you're at the country store the next week without the dog, and they're like that blind person isn't blind anymore. Right. So, I, you know, some problems don't have a solution. No, this, it might have to be stick to the, you know, the 20 acres that they have. Yeah, you might have to go into isolation and 28 acres might have to suffice. The problem with this is, you know, there are moments I would assume when you have a dog like this, like that you want to show it off a little bit. 150 pound dog. That is like a Rolls Royce. That is, that is a big dog. Yeah, that, I don't. I mean, I, I don't know dog weights that well, you know. Um, <laughs> but so 150 pounds, that would be like a big pit bull. That would be like a, you know, or a Doberman or something. It, it, I don't really know what 150 pounds means. Oh. No, I don't know. Let's do one more. Is that okay, Dan? Sure, sure, sure. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. Dan Natterman, Iris Spiro, Before COVID. That's the book. Luxury Lounge. How dare you rearrange my aisles? Board Lord, I appreciate this lounge you've created for us to share the treachery of life's finest problems. I'm not sure if this uh, this even qualifies as a thousand air issue, but let's get into it. The grocery store I've used for 10 plus years recently decided to renovate. With this renovation comes a modern chic appearance, but unbelievably the store also rearranges the contents of all their aisles. There's toothpaste with where the spaghetti used to be, cayenne instead of chocolate chips. I can't find anything anymore. Do you understand the amount of time and energy it takes to memorize where every spice, sauce, and snack is located? I had five things on my list today. I should be in and out within 10 minutes. Nope. Sorry, sir. You need to spend an extra 30 minutes going up every aisle to find your dumb harissa sauce. Look, I occasionally enjoy perusing the aisles, searching for something I didn't have on my list, but come on. They have forced me to stop in front of each aisle, take a half a glance, and decide whether to go down or keep moving. Not to mention, I've now held up cart traffic like grandma does that goes goes 45 in the fast lane. I'm in deep... I car traffic like the grandma that goes 45 in the fast lane. I'm indeed a blind squirrel trying to find a nut. I'm all for modernizing, but not at the expense of me relearning where everything in the store is located. I feel completely betrayed. Thank you for letting me in the lounge. What do you think? Well, um, you know, uh, I don't know what the solution here is. Um, Except that you know, uh, you, you, you'll to say that you'll get you'll get used to the new. You'll know you, where the cayenne is and the chocolate chips are within a couple of weeks, and you'll be right back to where you were. And hopefully, this won't happen again. Do you understand the complaint, though? I I think I agree. This is horrible. Um, the idea because when you are like, I'll go pick something up at the store. You again. This goes back to the e-bike complaint. You are allotting time. So we don't know. This could ruin a life. You could have been, okay, uh, late for something else because the grocery store is done or not picked up an item because you're like, fuck it. I don't have the time right now. And then, you know, the meal that you were going to cook for the love of your life is looking at you going, you couldn't pick up the harissa sauce? Well, yes, it's going to be a short-term sacrifice. But I do think that within a couple of weeks, maybe a month, uh, she will have the new (coughs) leg mastered. Here's what the store... By the way, there, there might even be it might even be more sensible layout. I don't know. You know, it's, it's possible that she got used to something that 
that wasn't efficient. So that maybe if she had to, uh, she had to go uh, to the barbecue sauce was in one aisle, and then the buns for the barbecue were far away, and they might now maybe they're more close together. And ultimately, she might find, or he might mm. find, that this is a more sensible land. And if you just spend a couple of weeks trying to get to know it, you might find ultimately great benefit from it. They should go to the customer service desk at the market and tell them, we need a map at the front of the store. You can't just change the store without a thing in when you're going in. And, and I agree with you. Maybe this was a more sensible layout. If that's the case, explain it to us. Have on the front door, here's our new market. And you're going to find the reason that we've done this is that you're aisle one. You're going to walk through Breadland and you're going to end in the freezer section. You know, take this route that starts you in the, you know, the canned goods and ends you in the freezer section so that your ice cream won't be as melted when you get home to your place. Like if they said that, I'd go, thank you. I get you. I understand what you're doing. But give me a map that leads me for these next two weeks while we get used to it. And apologize. Say to me, I'm sorry for the inconvenience. We will all go through this together. Or maybe have someone, instead of a map, maybe have someone on hand guide you. Yes. Just in the initial phases to get you used to the new layout. You need a guide. They should have these dog the dog from the last email should lead you around like a you know a guide dog yes jtrainpodcast at gmail.com jtrainpodcast at gmail.com dan natterman thank you for coming to the lounge thank you uh thank you jared it was good to be here fantastic great to have you this was such a great first um showing here on the j train podcast and i want everyone to go follow dan at dan natterman also ira spiro that's the book, Ira Spiro, Before COVID. Go buy it. Go get involved with it. Go right now, Amazon.com. I'm looking at it right now. It's, I mean, you priced it right, man. $14.99 paperback. Come on, people. This is $4.99 Kindle, and you get a free sample if you want it before committing. There you go. So Iris Spiro, before COVID, the link is going to be in the description. Dan Adam, and thank you. I'm Jared Freed. We're here every Thursday in the lounge. Keep sending your emails, jtrainpodcast.gmail.com. We'll be back next episode. Boom.